Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Predetermined, a pro wrestling hangout. I'm your host, Garrett Callender, and with me, as always, a man who would be the man who walks a thousand miles to fall down at your door, Derek Halpin. Da-da-da. 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 Yes, smooth. Wasn't expecting that as an intro today, but that was smooth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you didn't even have anything to say after that. You just—it's like a fucking fortune cookie doing this show with you sometimes because I don't know necessarily. I mean, I could have said Forrest Gump box of chocolate shit, but it's a fortune cookie. Still, my all-time favorite uh, fortune cookie reading is from The Simpsons when Homer wants to write fortune cookies, and I believe he he wants them to be more realistic. So he writes one that says, later you will be aroused by a shampoo commercial. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully later you're aroused by this podcast. Hey, what episode number is this? Where are we at? What's going on? We're at 60, right? That seems about right. I'm pretty sure this is episode 60. This is also the latest you and I have ever recorded an episode, like, to its release we're recording this at 8 p.m on wednesday this is gonna be in your ears by midnight i promise you promise uh yeah it's it's been a hell of a couple days for you here so you you almost didn't make it to episode 60 yeah yeah uh i had big plans last night derek i had huge plans to watch all the wrestling i had it blocked off from like 5 30 to 1 in the morning i was just gonna be getting through it and then Braun Strowman wrecked your car. Yeah. Uh, I had a head-on collision with another vehicle. And, it. yeah, that was my first wreck, Derek. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, it really does suck. And I'm just glad you're alive. Oh, shit. Yeah, I was uh, leaving work. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. I, I mean, obviously, I don't know who's to blame at this point. But I'm going to go ahead and start pointing the blame at uh, Google Maps. You're blaming Google Maps. Yes, every day I put in my address in Google Maps because there's a shit ton of traffic and it gives me shortcuts, but it does not give a shit if you have to make an unprotected left into a very busy street. There's two things that Google Maps doesn't give a shit about. It it does not care if you uh, go through a bad neighborhood that you might not want to go to, and also just a stop sign where you got to take a left into a four lane road with a lot of cars. So you're saying Google maps is as bad at giving directions as Vince Russo is at booking wrestling. I liked Vince Russo hit our goddamn music. I'm kind of proud of that one. That that was good. Yeah, that was good. But yeah, I uh, you know, traffic was backed up very far. Uh, the cars stopped. Like, you know, both of them stopped because it was backed up to the stoplight, which was like two blocks away. 
uh, they stopped to let me pull out so that I could go the opposite direction, which was very nice of them. Uh, however, a gentleman decided he was going to go through all like like a mile of turn lanes to beat all the traffic. And when I rounded that corner, we hit head on, baby. What did you say out loud when it happened? Did you just say fuck? I don't think I said anything. It was like time slowed down to where I could see that he was coming. And then the next thing I knew, I was sideways blocking two lanes of traffic during rush hour. Was he hauling ass and did you cry? I did. You know what? I was very proud of myself on this, Derek. I did not cry. I, did you want to? No, I was honestly pretty surprised at how well I maintained composure throughout this whole thing. This was a very adult experience and I handled it well. So what happened next? So you're getting ready to make the unprotected left turn. Some guy's trying to bypass all the backed up traffic, smashes into you, head on collision. You're sideways in the middle of of an intersection or wherever. And so I look over. He is over to the side. He is in oncoming traffic now. Everything is stopped. And I see that both of his airbags are deployed. About six. I immediately call 911. 60 seconds later, a cop just happened to be passing by, came over and said, hey, are you good? And I said, yes. He said, you should get back in your car. It's cold. So I said, okay. I took one picture of my car, got back in. He told the other guy to move to a parking lot across the street. And then this cop just pieces out. Are you fucking kidding me? He just leaves. He abandoned me, Derek. Look, I know it's not, I know it's not cool to talk bad about the police my recent experience with the police in major cities has not been positive they've come across as quite useless at times i mean i would consider leaving me in the middle of the road kind of useless but so basically the second he splits i look over at the other guy who has had to move to this parking lot keep in mind he has two deployed airbags so his car was drivable yeah, he could still move with, I need to repeat this, two deployed airbags, takes off. Like to, to the parking lot? No, no, he's already in the parking lot. The cops split, so this guy just fucking leaves. <laughs> Did you get his information? Nothing. Wait, what? When the cop had that guy move, I kind of figured that was going to be the next part. I didn't realize that cop was just going to abandon us and that that man was going to drive away. Which, uh... If you've seen Clerks 2, immediately the first thing that came to mind is you find out that uh, Jay and Silent Bob were arrested for suspicion of mischief. And somebody says, suspicion of mischief? What the fuck does that mean? He goes, driving with a deployed airbag. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, so wait, so like, you got out of the car, obviously, took the picture. The cop told you it's a little cold out. Get back in the car. And and from the picture that you sent and the picture you've posted online, it looks like the, the front of your car is, is just totally fucked and there's fluids on the ground. Was there any question as to whether or not the vehicle was even safe to be in? Oh, it smelled like smoke. I, I mean, my first thought was, I, well, if this police officer tells me to get in here, I should. I should obey the man. And then he the drives gun. out. He yeah, drives he, off. He left. Do you want to know how long I sat in that intersection, Derek? I'm guessing about an hour and a half. About an hour and a half. It was actually 90 minutes. Uh, about 40 minutes in, I called 911 again, and they were basically like, yeah, we sent somebody. Don't call here again. 
Like, well, they're not here, so that's not good enough. <laughs> and I, they gave me a number for the police, and I called the police, and they go, yeah, it has been about 45 minutes, hasn't it? <laughs> so at the 90-minute mark, a cop pulls up and's like, hey, are you okay? And I figured, oh, here he is. But this is just another fucking cop that just came upon me. So you have better luck at just lucking into a, a cop coming by than actually calling them to you. And when I told that cop about what happened with the last cop, his res- his actual response was, what the fuck? Some, somebody wrapping up their shift for the day didn't feel like dealing with your your wreck so this cop ends up helping me push my car into this parking lot because at this point you know i've been sitting in the middle of the road for 90 minutes blocking one lane of traffic each direction uh and he's like okay put it in neutral i'm gonna push you i put the thing in neutral he pushes it like two feet and it stops pushing and then he starts yelling at me and he goes, why did you push the brake? And I was like, I, I didn't push the brake. I don't know if you noticed the entire front of the car is fucked up. Like, <laughs> what? though, that would have been a great time for a prank, right? Like, is that what he had in his head that I've been sitting there 90 minutes and now my, my thing is Now you're it. fucking with him? Now I'm fucking with him. So he gets me across the street. This other cop comes, who's the actual cop dispatched to me. Okay. And this guy fills out some stuff. And he's like, okay, she'll take care of you from here. He leaves. This lady's like, okay, wait in your car. We'll wait till the wrecker gets here. I So I sit in my car. She sits in hers. The wrecker gets here. I get out. I go over to her window, and I'm just standing there. She is just sitting on Facebook on her phone, just kind of scrolling through. And eventually I was like, <laughs> right. okay, well, because I didn't want to startle her, but I was like, I am standing out in like 20 degree weather. So I tapped on her window, and she said, oh, the the tow truck's here okay you're good to go to which i said would you like to hear about how the accident happened what the fuck no one asked no one asked no one cared and she said yeah i I guess i should hear it what (laughs) did you have anybody come up to you and and like like citizens or whatever did they ask you how you were doing and or if they needed to be witnesses What's funny is everybody that was there when the accident actually happened moved on. Uh, I started getting good Samaritans about 60 minutes into sitting there. And once they started coming, they were popping in every couple minutes. And, you know, I had people of all ages, all races. It was it felt very nice to have this many people stop and check on me. That's so fucked. So, so you were basically involved in a hit and run where you got slammed into from the front and that guy that guy was able to drive away so he just left yeah i'm thinking he didn't have insurance and uh left me to die (laughs) did you get his license plate no what the fuck man no well he because i got out took the picture that cop told me to get back in my car so i did he told that guy to move so i kind of figured you know we'll exchange this when the cop gets here in a few minutes that didn't happen (sighs) That's Sup- surprisingly feel pretty good today. You're feeling good. I feel fine. So how have you been getting around since then? Well, my wife is on vacation, so her car's here. And let me tell you, since she's left, my life is in fucking shambles, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> 
Before any of this, over the weekend, I woke up with goddamn bites all over me, and I thought, oh my god, I have fucking bed bugs. Nah, the cats had fleas, though, and I had to deal with just that shit all weekend, and then I'm in a goddamn car wreck, don't have a car anymore, and uh, I, it, it kind of fucked up my wrestling, but I want you to know... When I got home, first thing I did was call the insurance company. But the second that was done, WrestleMania 2, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so how did so how did the wife react to uh, the news of the, of the wreck? Well, she's completely out of the country, so I sent her a text, but she didn't get it for a couple hours. Lovely. Yeah. So, so about you, the time so about the time the, the the cops finally got there is when she got in touch with you. Yeah, I'm sure she was surprised. And I want you to know I did say just so you know, I did not cry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that kind of catches everybody up on the bullshit I've been dealing with lately. Um this may have been the nail in the coffin on canceling my mania trip though. Because now I've got this whole other thing I'm going to have to deal with called new car payments. <laughs> well, you see, if you get the guy's information, you could fucking hammer him, you know, and this is on him a little bit. But hey, two deployed airbags aren't going to stop some guy from driving away. Hey, speaking of, my fucking airbags didn't come out, Derek. That's a concern. Well, not now. Well, not now, but it would have been <laughs> nice while I was spinning around on the road. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck Derek I went 16 years without even so much as a fender bender I've yeah. never had a speeding ticket I've never been pulled over it's bullshit yeah. this broke my streak and this was a good streak this wasn't like an Undertaker Wrestlemania this was a real streak I'm walking home from the grocery store uh, and I get a text from you that just says whelp dot dot and I open it and it's a picture of your your, your vehicle in shambles and that was my side of the story. I'm just glad you're okay. Because yeah, that, I mean, it, I it looked like it looked like a fucking travesty. It looked like you could have got killed. I don't think either of us like I don't. I wasn't going that fast because I was kind of just rounding the corner. But he was going pretty quick trying to uh, cut that traffic. Yeah. So he was being one of those douchebags that's like, I'm not waiting in this line. Kinda, yeah. He had a very long way to go, and I can say I don't think it was my fault because if he were actually turning in that turn lane, he would have already been in the process. Uh, where we hit was in an area with no lines in the middle of that intersection. Lovely. Yeah. So hey, let's 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 get to talking about wrestling, man. We. No, you know what I think would make you feel better, Garrett. Yeah. What's that? If some if some of our listeners have sat there and listened to this story, your tale of woe, as it were. And they feel like they need to give something back that would make you feel better. They should probably hop on over to iTunes and give us five stars and leave us a nice review. Because if they leave us a nice review, we give something back. We give the people who leave us reviews the ability to submit something to watch, to listen to, to check out, as long as it can be mildly related to pro wrestling. And Garrett, that happened this past week. Well, don't sound so surprised. Well, I, I'm just happy. <laughs> it's been a while since we've had a, a kind review come in. And uh, so somebody uh, submitted one, and now we've got something to talk about on the show that was submitted to us. So we got a review from Noah is on fire. 
stumbled upon this podcast looking for content that isn't mainly WWE-centric, although they do do some WWE talk. They're pro wrestling fans. They cover multiple promotions, whether it's New Japan, Ring of Honor, PWG, etc. As a person who lives on the East Coast, I get a cool insight on the Midwest indie scene as they go to shows around Nashville and Chicago area. It's a great listen as I listen every Thursday on my night shift working 3 to 11. Thanks for the entertainment, fellas. Cheers, Noah from New Jersey. And he said, the match I'd like for both of you to check out is my favorite match of all time. He said, this could brace Garrett for his inevitable chop he will receive. Oh boy, did it ever. Samoa (laughs) Joe versus Kenta Kobashi. Ring of Honor, October 1st, 2005. This was a long time ago. This was 14 (laughs) fucking years ago. I wish that was your only review of the match. (laughs) All right, Noah, thanks for listening. (laughs) You're just like, no, I I just, I I had to, I had to take a moment. I mean, we were freshmen in college when this match was going on. Just take a moment, think about that. Just a boy Samoa who Joe had no was idea out there. who Samoa Joe was. Samoa Joe was out there. I know who. I knew who. I knew who Samoa Joe was at this time. Brother. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't. No, a good you were too fucking fan. cool for wrestling at this point. No, what were you doing? Were you going? Were you going to My Chemical Romance comments or concerts and and uh, wearing top hats and shit. That was a yeah. pretty good burn because it was. <laughs> <laughs> it hit, hit deep because it's true. Uh, but I love you, and I'm glad you're alive. Hey, <laughs> I, um, I, no. hey speaking of my chemical romance, yesterday I almost took that cemetery drive. That's true. But you didn't. Get back Noah. to it, Ring of Honor. Yeah, uh, Noah wanted us to talk about this match. Uh, this was a good one. Um, it was hard to get like a nice quality version of it, but I found one on YouTube with some really bad Spanish commentary. Just kind of just mumbling under the track the entire time, but I found it. I um, I watched this right before we recorded, and I could not get Daily Motion to work. And I said I can't find it anywhere. And you sent me that. Damn, was that distracting? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it I mean, it, this isn't on you, Noah. I'm not blaming you, but fuck. If this is the one I had to watch, I had to like. I was on my. I was standing. I was having to occupy a different side of my brain while watching this match because the commentary was fucking terrible. Not, not, never mind the fact that I couldn't understand it. It was, it was just not good quality. It was um, one man talking so loudly <laughs> that you could hear none of the impact. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you get to, you get a good taste. Samoa Joe's, I, I tweeted this out. He's been doing this, this wrestling thing for a long time and he's been good at it for a long time. And it's it's been a weird week for symmetry, or if symmetry is not the right word, just coincidences or just crazy things happening because Samoa Joe on SmackDown this week just picked up his first main roster championship and went in the United States title. Wait, and what? Here, yeah. Sorry, I was busy uh, waiting for cops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he beat our truth. Breaking news. Uh, there was a fatal four-way on SmackDown between Andrade Cien Almas, Rey Mysterio, Samoa Joe, and R-Truth for the United States title, and Samoa Joe is the new United States champion. His first main roster gold. Well, how about that? That's, that's fucking crazy, by the way. So tie that back. We're watching Joe wrestle Kenta Kabashi 
October 1st, 2005 in Ring of Honor, putting on one hell of a match. And uh, breaks out a muscle buster in here, I believe. Um, I totally the, forgot the, about the muscle buster until this match. That's how long it's been since we've seen it. Yeah. Well, the, the big thing, and this, I think this is what Noah wanted to, to get at, and there's a, I mean, obviously there's chopping and kicking. I mean, they beat the shit out of each other throughout this match, but the, the climax of this match is Kenta Kobashi cornering Joe towards the end of it. He chops him in the chest. Like, he goes Super Saiyan and chops him about 200 times. That sounds outrageous, but it's not that far off. And that's after he's already been chopped throughout this entire match. Correct. There was a moment in this match where it felt like I was watching somebody play Goldeneye with chops only. (laughs) Well, the the funny thing is, the quality on the video we watched wasn't great, but at one point they do zoom in on Joe's chest, and it is just destroyed. It's awful. There's a part in this, my favorite part of the entire match was so uh, Kabashi is chopping his chest and then Joe pulls Kenta's head down to deliver these like three little kicks at a time to his forehead. And then he stands up and chops. And he's like, well, how about you get some fucking little kicks? You like these little kicks? <laughs> <laughs> and it looked like he didn't love those little kicks. So having watched this match, how are you feeling about getting chopped? Okay. Which is going to happen. I, yeah. I, we haven't talked enough about the fact that you broke your DDP yoga diet. I don't even know if you've been obeying it again. I don't know what the fuck you've been doing since your near-death experience. Maybe you threw caution to the wind. Maybe you're deserving of another few chops. So, okay. Noah, you couldn't have sent this match to me at a better time. Um, after the wreck, I was thinking long and hard, is this karma? Did I do something to make this happen to me? Did I deserve this? And it made me realize I needed to come clean on something, Derek. Oh. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. I don't even know what I don't even know what it is, but yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> what you been doing? And, you know, I figure you always give it to me straight and you're not going to have any sympathy for me. Mhm. Mhm. What if I told what? you that I haven't done DDP yoga in three weeks. <laughs> you fucked. Yeah. As I was watching this, I was like, I'm pretty sure that this is the only punishment that makes sense. Your car got chopped. No, no, not the car. I mean, I'm just, as I was watching those little thousand chops to Samoa Joe's chest, I was like, this is it. But then I started thinking, would I rather have one giant chop or a thousand little ones? Well, you know what? You don't get to decide that. We're going to let our listeners decide what you get. Can I propose something to you, though? Okay. I say I still get the chops, but I would like a chance at redemption. How could you possibly redeem yourself? Well, here's what we're going to do. This is, or this is just what I'm going to propose to you. Because I have failed the listeners. I have failed you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I talked about wrestling during this whole you time. Failed and you failed DDP. Did... I, well, yeah. And I can live with that. <laughs> and I can live with, you know, failing myself. Uh, I can live with failing you. I can't live with failing the listeners. 
And I already know that Lowell is somewhere in Canada right now being like, chop him, fucking chop him. Lowell. Because <laughs> <laughs> Lowell just broke a hockey stick over his knee and threw a puck out the window. <laughs> He's already dialed up Jericho. Jericho's blocking your ass. <laughs> You're fucked, man. Uh, we're gonna get the we're gonna get the biggest we're gonna get the biggest goon on some D tier hockey team in Canada to come and chop your ass. Fuck, is Lowell gonna be in Vegas? You know what? I go ahead and say Lowell gets to give me a chop. I think he would love it. I you know what? That is absolutely true. Lowell, wherever you are, we're getting somebody, but you're getting a chop into. God damn it. It was it was the cupcake, wasn't it? It opened the floodgates. That wasn't it. What happened? It was so I'm a stress eater, Derek, and also I eat oh. for sport. Uh, <laughs> I, think that's, I think if it's more than one thing, it's just a problem. It's not, <laughs> like I don't think you get to be like, oh, it's a combination of no. You had me. It's just, you, that's why I related so much to the the promos before the Eddie Brock match. You had me watch. He's like, I am a fucking addict. I'm an addict. <laughs> And I'm like, I get it, man. I love cosmic brownies so uh, much. And he's like, me too. Oh, <laughs> uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Well, I, uh, that's as good a transition as anything. We, although I am going to leave that up to the listeners. We're going to find out what the proper punishment is for you. For you weren't just you went out of your way to tell me you were going to be honest about this too. I know, and the fact that I wasn't for three weeks hurts. But can I propose something to you? Okay. I weighed myself this morning. I'm at 212. Okay. I, st- I started this whole thing. What did we say? It was like 225, 230, somewhere in there. So I'd have dropped weight. What if, in the spirit of double or nothing, you and I go double or nothing? What does that mean? So I was trying to figure out what does that mean. I think if by all in... <laughs> If by all in I could wrestle on two oh five live weight wise. First of all, all in's over, Garrett. After double or nothing, I'm sorry. Let's say double or nothing, I'm under two oh five and can participate on two oh five live. In other words, you if you can turn yourself into a cruiserweight by the end of May. Correct. I don't I don't get punished for what I did. But if I fuck up and I'm even one pound over, you get to just, you know what? Fucking light tubes, Derek. How's that sit with you? <laughs> Can I be honest with you? I don't like this deal at all. You don't want to hit me with a light tube? I do absolutely want to hit you with a light tube. Bare skin, I'll you can stab that shit into my head. I'll if David Arquette can handle scared. it, I can. Yeah. No, I can't. Here's the problem, Garrett. I don't think you fully understand the extent of your egregious offense here. Number one, you had the booze at church. Strike one. Fuck off. Yeah, no, Lowell agreed. Two, you had the cupcake at work. And I admitted it. Not only did you not obey the diet for three weeks, which was worthy of a strike three in and of itself, but you lied about it. That's also strike four. I didn't lie. I eventually told you. I just that's I was just not. I was keeping it from me. I was postponing a truth. Look, I appreciate that you know man is fallible, and and you are but a man, and you're trying to come clean and make things right now. But you know it's too late for you, Garrett. 
you're getting chopped. At least by Lowell. Here's what I will. <laughs> I'm making sure that Lowell gets to chop you. This is a man who has been down the road before and and has done DDP yoga. You're getting chopped by Lowell, bare minimum. Bare minimum. I'll go double or nothing with you on getting somebody like a heavy hitter to come in and chop your ass. If you can get up under two, if you can get to 205 or under by double or nothing, you're off the hook for like a major chop from somebody that I can contact and reach out to and, and really fuck your chest up. And I'm going to do that. I want you to know. I'm a fucking addict, Derek. I'm a, that's true. I'm a fucking addict. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is a fucked show. This is, this is what we do. We uh we make bets and when we don't and when we don't fulfill our obligation in the bet, you get chopped. Let's face it, this bet only happened because we knew I wasn't going to succeed. Correct. And here we are. We just crossed that bridge <laughs> a lot sooner than I thought it was gonna be. The question is, are you I think you're more excited about it than I am. About getting chopped? Yeah. I think you won it. Like I think you you'll wear it like a badge of honor. Can Marco chop me? Marco? Marco stunt. I mean, that's yeah, that's somebody. God damn, that would make a great video. I'm gonna reach what? out to Marco as soon as we finish re- as soon as we finish recording here. Somewhere, somewhere right now, Lola's shadow boxing, just kicking and just saying, "Fuck you, Garrett. Fuck you." <laughs> And he's like, no, you don't, you don't get Marco stunt. You get Jonah rock motherfucker. Uh, I can't wait to tag him in this episode. And then he'll be like, why did I get tagged in this episode? Then he finds out there's a significant portion of this show dedicated to how excited Lowell is that you're getting your chest brutalized. Listen, we watched Kenta Kabashi versus Samoa Joe from one of our listeners, but I gave you some pro wrestling homework. One of the things that we've talked about in the last few months is you missed out on a period of wrestling known as the ruthless aggression era. And one of my goals for this upcoming season or year of predetermined pro wrestling hangout, I'm trying to get you caught up on some of the great matches and stories from that time period. So I gave you some homework. I gave you a couple matches to watch. And now I want your feedback and I don't want your feedback to be vicious. I don't want you to, to overanalyze and critique. I, I don't want you to go Dave Meltzer on this shit. I hope I, cause I thought I gave you a couple good matches to watch and now I want to get your thoughts on them. Okay. Like usual. Uh, well you had me start with what mania 22. Yes. This is the only WrestleMania I've ever been to, which I am not happy to say I would like to go again. WrestleMania 22 in Chicago, 2006 edge versus Foley. Yes, but uh, like, what was the stip? Was it? Did they say no holds barred? What was the exact? Was it a hardcore match? What did they? What was the exact stipulation? I believe it was a hardcore match. Falls count anywhere. Whole deal. Yeah, you know, no count outs. Falls count anywhere. You, they were. You could do whatever. It was just a fuck it match. Yeah, and like any time you give me homework, before I got there, I got caught up on some shit that happened beforehand, Derek. That I got <laughs> questions about. See, here's the thing. I can understand the stuff that comes after what I assign you because if it's on, it plays, and whatever comes next, I get it. You got caught up on stuff before? Yeah. Do you remember a match uh, featuring Joey Mercury? 
fuck. No. Shit. Or what was the other member of uh, J&J Security? It might have been the other one. Uh, Johnny Nitro? Uh, fuck, what was it at this point? Joey Mercury, Johnny Nitro. It was John Moore. I mean, he eventually became John Morrison. Where the fuck is this? Where did I watch this then? God damn. Maybe this was on No Way Out, and I, I, I bet it was on No Way Out first. Basically, what I was going to ask you about is I watched a match of, uh, do you remember Nydia? That won <laughs> tough Yes. Enough? I watched yes. a match of her and one of J&J Security, and he was blindfolded. Yes, this was from No Way Out 2004. Okay, I'm sorry. That's what I got caught up on first before that. Let's get back over to this one. As I'm going through, getting ready to watch this uh, Edge Mick Foley match, I saw that Chris Benoit versus JBL was on the card. And you just couldn't resist. I couldn't resist because it felt like it was going to be the closest thing I got to, I don't know, a New Japan match in the WWE. I felt like I was just going to watch these what? two guys beat the <laughs> shit out of each other. And this match, Derek, made me very, very sad. It wasn't as fun as I thought it was going to be. And no. Chris Benoit had a, a sad look to him. He kind of, at this point in his career, is starting to look like Edgar from Men in Black. <laughs> That's fair. Like, it looked like he just, like, sucked down a whole glass of sugar water before he went into this thing, and his face yeah. has fallen off. Yeah. Mind you, this is WrestleMania 22. We're two years removed from the show ending with him as world heavyweight champion. Also, we'll, Derek, we'll you that. got to you got to see an undefeated boogeyman in a singles match at WrestleMania. Yeah? Why have you I never told me about this? Every time I bring up Boogeyman, you should be like, "I was there and watched him defeat Booker T. He was undefeated." Yeah, never never mind the fact that I was in the midst of the Undertaker's undefeated streak at WrestleMania. You're not interested in that story. You're interested in the Boogeyman being undefeated. Yeah, because Booker T's afraid of him because he eats worms. Yeah. Let's he does fuck. a lot of things that are scary. Garrett, had you ever watched anything from this mania before I gave you this match? I had actually seen this match. You had? Um, after watching it. I don't know if I had seen it beginning to end, but I had definitely seen the highlight reel, like the fire table. But watching a highlight reel doesn't do justice to how fucking brutal of a match they put on. <laughs> to me the most brutal part of it is when barbed wire came out i was surprised and they had oh, said yeah. edge had never done a hardcore match mick foley is literally whipping him with a strand with barbed of barbed wire. wire yeah now if i recall correctly doesn't this ha doesn't he have it wrapped around his midsection and he has to like clip it free yeah because edge goes for a spear i think and spears the barbed wire yes so he's hurt. He's actually bleeding from his shoulder at that point. So he really got it. Yeah. Uh, then the baseball bat comes out. He wraps the barbed wire around Mr. Sacco. That's in Lita's mouth. She's bleeding out of her mouth. Damn. At the end of this thing, when Edge is finally walking up that ramp covered in blood, he raises his hands, but he has a look in his eye like, did I really win? <laughs> he does have a look in his face like, get me out of here. Like, he's like, yeah, I got a singles match at Mania. That's a big deal, but this sucks. What's crazy is this match, like, this match is great. This was, this may have been match of the night there at Mania 22. 
um, for obvious reasons, just because of the spectacle. This is almost a carbon copy of a match from Backlash 2004 between uh, Mick Foley and Randy Orton. And it was a similar situation where it was Mick Foley putting over an up-and-coming guy. And, uh, yeah. You showed um, me that match in college. Did I? You did, because I think we were talking about Randy Orton's brother, who pops up all the fucking time on my Facebook as somebody I might know that I should friend. <laughs> uh, Nathan Orton, yes. So I think you're like, I said something probably about not liking Randy Orton because this isn't new. And <laughs> this is a long time thing. You're like, well, you should check this out. And it's like, if you don't like Randy, watch what he looks like as a pen cushion. <laughs> yes. Yes, so th- there's a lot of similarities. So, I, I what, did you like it? Oh, I did loved you appreciate it. this one. I did. This was <laughs> honestly, this was truly what I needed last night. <laughs> this for the the night I had, you know, especially considering uh, how Mick Foley's entrance music starts, and then it just everything worked. It it raised my spirits, and I want to thank you for this one. This is. This is truly a gem from the Ruthless Aggression era. All right, let's get right into it. Um, I kind of alluded to it a little bit last week that I had just recently uh, watched this. Um, you, you've been alluding to the promo package in the last, like, 15 minutes. You are addicted. What are you addicted to, Garrett? Sweets. Sweets. <laughs> what did you was, think of the promo what package? Addic- what was Eddie addicted to? I don't know what his drug of choice was, but he did have some serious drug addictions. He had, he had, I think he left WWE in like Oh one or Oh two, 2001, 2002, somewhere in there. So at this point in Eddie's career, I saw the video package and that he won a Royal rumble that was on SmackDown. Essentially. Yes. At this. Okay. So was him winning that and getting this title shot? Cause it sounded like he was kind of getting it as a reward for, defeating rehab you know is this kind of the equivalent of like not that kofi's in rehab or anything but like a kofi kingston getting thrown into the main event suddenly well that was one of the reasons i wanted to have you watch this because uh, there's a couple things that stuck out now things are different now than they were then obviously for a lot of different reasons but you had made a comment about fast lane being a pay-per-view that you kind of viewed as a who gives a shit pay-per-view and a lot of times people view that pay-per-view right before Mania as a who gives a shit pay-per-view. Like, as in, they're not going to change any of their big plans at the pay-per-view right before Mania. And I wanted to, again, give this match and this pay-per-view to you as an example of, yeah, they can pull one out of their ass whenever they really want to. Because yet, back at this time, I don't think anybody would have guessed that they would have put the WWE Championship on Eddie Guerrero heading, in, heading into the 20th anniversary of WrestleMania. Like, this was a big fucking deal at the time. This this show was going to be at Madison Square Garden. He was facing Brock Lesnar. Now, I, I don't know the details on this. I, I've, I think I've listened to uh, Bruce Pritchard's podcast where they talk about this a little bit. I don't know if Lesnar was, had told them he was going to leave at this point yet. I knew he was, a, he was getting ready to go do a match at, with Goldberg at WrestleMania 20. But the decision to put the title on Eddie was kind of out of nowhere and it it was like as the thing that you just don't expect them to do in WWE. So with that in mind, I gave this match to you as kind of a hey, look what they can do right before the biggest show of the year. 
what did you think? What did you think of the promo? What did you think of the match? Because this is widely regarded as like one of the best matches of the Ruthless Aggression era, if for no other reason than the emotion involved. I was going to ask, is this the best match that Brock Lesnar's ever put on? Um, Is there any other have... match that people look at is greater than this one? He's had some good matches. He had good matches with Angle. He had good matches at pay-per-views with Angle. He had good matches on SmackDown with Angle. They did an Iron Man match together that a lot of people rave about on SmackDown. Um, I think he had matches with Taker. Uh, I think people rave about his match where he won the title against The Rock for the first time to become the youngest champion in history. So I really need to go back and rewatch some young Brock Lesnar because I... Yeah, it- I really, I really dug him in this. It, it's fun to watch him try. Well, that, that's what I. That's another thing. If you miss ruthless aggression, Brock Lesnar, he used to wrestle. He used to have an arsenal of moves. He used to be able to go toe to toe with Angle as far as pure wrestling ability. And what he's become now, I mean, for better or for worse, I mean, it's it's a, it's a fraction of what he used to be able to do. I think one of the best things about this match is that they tease you with things like where if Eddie's going to win, it's going to be because he cheated. Right. And that not ending up being the case. That right. like they both had, you know, kind of cheating. What do I want to say? Like sneaky moves. And then like Goldberg spears Lesnar and you think, oh shit, Eddie's going to win the title because Goldberg fucked Brock. Right. But it doesn't happen. Eddie gets an actual pin. That was something I definitely wanted to talk with you about. I th- I thought that was such an important compliment to give because, like like you said, they very easily could have had Goldberg come down, spear Lesnar, and that's how Eddie gets the win. And they could have walked out of there, but they let Lesnar kick out of that. So he's giving you the clear indication that Lesnar still had life in him, and Eddie took that. Um. But I guess I guess he did the the spot with the uh, he teased the spot where he was going to use the title belt to knock Lesnar out, dropped it. Lesnar picked him up for the F five, and he DDTs him onto the title to set up the frog splash. Just kind of an emotional like I I always tear up a little bit when I watch the end of this match. I know that sounds dumb. Um, it's been God so many years since Eddie passed. I think it was October November two thousand five. But this one I always go back to and I just think about like there was a group of I mean, they were a group of WCW rejects that went over to WWE. And after like some of the heavy hitters left after Steve Austin had to retire, after The Rock had basically left for Hollywood, Lesnar was in the process of leaving a lot of the big names left. And this match kind of before Benoit won it, you know, a month later uh, over on Raw at WrestleMania 20. I mean, this this was something that people didn't see coming, and uh, it's emotional. I, I, I This is a great match. If you haven't watched Lesnar versus Guerrero at No Way Out 2004, you need to get on that because that's some classic pro wrestling. Just Brock Lesnar with his bloodied nose screaming, just die. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, what did you think? Like, were you impressed? Did this did this live up to the hype that I probably built it up with? It did. I mean, how do you know the runtime of the match? It was much longer than I would have expected it to be, but that's you know based off of current Brock Lesnar that I'm right. I I loved it. I loved it. Beginning to end, great match, great storytelling. I real like I said, 
main thing to me is that they let Eddie win without cheating, but kept making you think he was going to win by cheating. To me, that was the best part of it. Solid match. Good shit. Dives into the crowd after he wins the title. This happened at the Cow Palace, man. You've been there. And I actually remember (laughs) before I went to the Cow Palace even saying that's where Eddie won the title. Well, now you've seen that match. Well, here we go. I watched uh, Takahashi die there. (laughs) You basically did. Do you... Okay, at this point, like I said, I'm probably not doing Mania Weekend. But if I knew that there was even a slight possibility that Takahashi showed up, like made his return at Madison Square Garden, I think it would. But because you don't know that? I I still miss the guy, but we've had no updates unless New Japan is done. Because I haven't been on wrestling internet in a few days. So why the fuck are you listening to this podcast? (laughs) So last week... We went back in time. We covered the very first WrestleMania. We kind of kept the ball rolling this week. You and I went out of our way to uh, watch WrestleMania 2. I'm glad that we're staying committed to this this project of going back and watching the early WrestleManias. Because it's been, it's been a trip. Some of the shit that you were able to get away with on these early shows, man. I'm going to tell you, I was disappointed from the start. <laughs> what did it this time? Well, this time it was that we ha- we just completely missed the opportunity to every single year have Mean Gene sing the national anthem. <laughs> Why drop that after one year? Why not keep that going for at least a decade? They didn't realize what a good thing they had that first year. What's funny is I believe in the last episode I said, <laughs> I think what I actually said was, I figured they were going to bring out somebody cool, like, you know, like Ray Charles or something. No clue that Ray Charles sang it at Mania 2. <laughs> Boom, and that's where we open. I was happy they heard my complaints and fixed it. Major graphics upgrade for this Mania 2. Oh, yeah, the way the way the show starts, it felt like I was about to watch America's Funniest Home Videos. <laughs> like, the music <laughs> is like, those crazy things you do, America, America. Yeah. This is you. That's what I felt like I was watching. <laughs> and I got to see the That's... World Trade Center right at the top. Yeah. Yeah. This took place in uh, 1986, April 7th. Uh, I don't know who proposed the idea that they do this at three separate venues. We'll talk a little bit about that as as, as we go through this. Um, although this is kind of an appropriate time to kind of work in uh, some sad news. The guy in the main event of this mania just recently passed away. That was the legendary King Kong Bundy. So this going back to what I said earlier about, you know, Samoa Joe winning the U.S. title as we get a listener request about a Samoa Joe match from 2005. We were already scheduled to talk about WrestleMania 2, and one of the stars of WrestleMania 2 just happened to pass away, which is really unfortunate. Hulk Hogan really wanted to kill him in that match. Hulk Hogan was kind of a dick in that match, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, King Kong Bundy is kind of one of the all-time Hulk Hogan arch nemeses. Before we, we get on to that, I do want to say that while, <laughs> while Ray Charles was singing America the Beautiful, it's flashing images of, like, JFK, Martin Luther King Jr., <laughs> 
And the thing ends on a freeze frame of Hulk Hogan as if he is the greatest figure of them all. <laughs> None of these people compare to Hulkamania. I think my favorite backstage segment I've ever seen ever now was from Mania 2. And that was Hulk Hogan training to beat King oh, yes. Kong Bundy when he <laughs> ties a barbell around his, his body. And on it, it says 100 pounds. But it says that on one of the plates. So I don't know if that's implying to me that he is lifting a thousand pounds or if that was supposed to just be a hundred pound, one 100 pound weight. But he starts doing pull ups and mean Gene goes like, you need to conserve energy. How many of those are you going to do? And he's like, I'll do a thousand. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, can we talk about the fact that during that training segment going into the main event, the, the, the one you're talking about? Hillbilly Jim is there training with him in his full Hillbilly Jim attire. Like like it's like he's at a gym with Hulk Hogan dressed like that. <laughs> yeah, that's com that's and commitment to the care. Why would Hogan want Hillbilly Jim in there training with him? I mean, you need a buddy. If you're going to have a thousand pounds around your neck and then do a thousand pull ups, somebody's got to carry you out of that room. <sighs> but Hillbilly Jim is built a lot better than I thought he was. That what, dude you didn't is, realize he was jacked? I didn't realize how jacked he was because you put the fucking guy in overalls. You, <laughs> you put in all this work to get an amazing physique, and then they put the least flattering thing they could on you. Yeah. They opted to, for this mania, do it between three different venues. One in Uniondale, New York at Nassau Coliseum. One at the Rosemont Horizon in Rosemont slash Chicago, Illinois. And then... At the uh, Los Angeles Memorial Sports Arena in L.A., and they did it. And this is what's fascinating to me. This is like a three-hour show. Every one of these places only gets part of a show, and I don't know how this worked at the time. I don't know if they if they were showing the other parts of the show live, like on screens at the arena. I I assume they were. They had to have been. But, but they start in New York, obviously, and I don't know. Who got the best segment out of the three? I feel like Chicago actually got the most respectable part of the show. Um, Why is that where Mr. T versus Roddy Piper in a boxing match was? No, no, that was in New York. <laughs> what a fucking ridiculous. Garrett, have you, you ever watched an actual boxing match? I have. Yeah. At what point during a boxing match do you see the fighter drop his gloves to his side and let the other boxer just straight punch him right in the face a couple times well i have seen that but usually that person loses during their like oh man <laughs> if you want to fall down a fun rabbit hole watch uh just youtube celebrating too early oh <laughs> uh, if you want I'm to feel good about something yourself boxing comes up yeah there's a lot of cocky people but yeah this this was a weird 14 minute boxing match <sighs> did you give a shit because at first I was like, I think I really give a shit. And as it went on, I realized I don't really give a shit. Because you don't give a shit about boxing and you think it's because it's not it's boxing, but it's not real boxing. It's it's worked boxing and it's between Mr. T and Roddy Piper. And I, the only reason I kind of had any interest in this at all was because Piper was involved. Piper's promos on this show were fantastic. Oh, he was fucking excellent. Like, as a heel, that guy was cutting so... Oh, just such a mwah, great promo. <laughs> the, 
But also on the New York portion of the show, you got Jake Roberts breaking out the snake against George Wells. Which, Jesus, I know this match was only three minutes, but I, it's kind of fucked up how he treats that snake. Where he's he like, just kind of lugs him around, tosses him around. Well, he wraps it around George Wells and then basically is just slapping the snake trying to piss it off to choke this guy to death. <laughs> For all you know, Jake was really trying to get it to kill him. I, it felt like that. And then eventually he just pulled it off. Like maybe George was just like, no, he's fucking killing me. This is stupid. Well, I'm a pro on wrestler. The se- <laughs> on the second match of the New York portion of the show, you get Randy Savage against George Steele, George the Animal Steele for the Intercontinental Championship. I think when I saw Savage come out, it finally dawned on me like, okay, this is Mania 2. Holy shit, look at some of the names that are appearing at, at this show. Like some of the who's who legends of, of pro wrestling are on this show. And I didn't realize that this early in Mania's history, you were going to get to see Savage and Hogan and 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 Piper and Andre and God, just the Hearts, the Bulldogs, like. And never mind that. We talked a little bit about how they they incorporated celebrity into the first WrestleMania. They went fucking apeshit for Mania too. We got Joan Rivers. We got Elvira. <laughs> We we got Ozzy Osbourne. Fucking Lou Albano was still out there with his shitty face piercing. <laughs> that that won't go away. We had a female on commentary with Vince McMahon the entire show. That is correct. That is absolutely correct. I thought she was great. I thought she was great too. Are you are you going to downplay the fact that Elvira was on commentary for the entire third portion? Well, I just felt bad for Elvira because it felt like she, she was, was out getting of her element. No, it felt like she was just getting sexually harassed by Jesse Ventura. Like at one point, this isn't what exactly what he said, but this is how it felt. She's a bitch because she won't go on a date with me. <laughs> that was the vibe he was putting out. Like it was just, it was weird. It made me uncomfortable because she didn't know how to call wrestling and he wanted to fuck her. And so they're setting up the cage for the main event and Jesse makes some comment about like, do you, is this what your house looks like? And she's like, I've got a room in my house that looks like this cage. Yes. And it's just like, <laughs> Oh, she's like, still a bitch. <laughs> God damn it. Although it does make me, I don't know if it's a good wrestling strategy to bring in people who aren't wrestling people to do commentary. Although for an entertainment factor, I'd say, bring it on. Give me some more. I love it. Bring in somebody who doesn't watch it all, but is funny. Like I would like get Jack black, just very stoned and put him on commentary. And I am going to (laughs) have, Oh fuck. It was wild seeing Ozzy Osbourne out there for the tag team titles with the British Bulldogs against uh, the dream team of Brutus Beefcake and Greg Valentine. (laughs) Um, This was a good match. And it it was funny, though, because after the British Bulldogs won and Ozzy's in there celebrating with him, somebody asked him, are you going to be in their corner for more matches in the future? He's like, yes, yes, I'm going to make a bunch of these. I'm pretty sure it never happened again. He he's one of those fans that, you know, the first time you go, you get really hyped on it, but you don't have anyone to follow up with you to try and bring you again. Yep. 
So you just like never later go back. later on that night around midnight, the, the hype kind of wore off. Oh yeah, as he was doing drugs back at his house, he completely forgot about WrestleMania too. <laughs> Can I tell you the opening match, Don Morocco versus Paul Orndorff? When I saw Don Morocco, is it weird that my first thought is, oh, he's a grown up? <laughs> Wait, what? Like I was like, he looks like a grown man. Yeah, he is. Like, can you picture a world <laughs> where like Ricochet wrestles somebody that looks like Don Morocco? No, not at all. That no, now see now I get what you mean. I just meaning like you're saying that's a man's man. That is that is a big guy. That's like yeah, like Don Morocco looks like all he can do is wrestle. Ricochet like, looks like he could star on an ABC family show and be mega successful and not have to kill himself. Right. But he is good at it, so he does it. But Don Morocco, he had an ABC family. That is a fucking man <laughs> that is just there to fight. Did you happen to watch any of the uh, WWF versus NFL Battle Royal? I did not, Derek. I, I only got, uh, yeah, I, I was in a car accident, so I'm just going to use that as my excuse. That's fair. You play that as long as you can. I was, it's only going to help you on this episode. So uh, this, <laughs> if you haven't... <laughs> This was actually kind of entertaining. They they put a bunch of NFL players in a battle royal against a bunch of WWF guys. And Andre the Giant ultimately ends up winning this thing. But you got William the Refrigerator Perry is a star in this. You know, they're doing it in Chicago, so he gets a huge reaction. How do you feel about them doing this at three different venues? Let's talk more in depth about this. Kind of a ballsy decision considering... If you paid for a ticket to one of these shows, you only got part of the show. I don't know how the ticket pricing worked for, for Mania this year. I don't know if they had other matches that you just didn't get to see. I don't know if there were dark matches. I don't know. I would Do almost you, guarantee that they watched WrestleMania on the big screen and then watched matches sometimes. But okay. is the way this was split up, was there basically three main events? Yeah, yeah. Every, every one of the arenas got their own little main event. Like the, the the New York portion of the show got Piper versus Mr. T in the boxing match. Uh, the Chicago portion of the show got the tag team titles as their main event. And then the L.A. portion of the show got Hulk Hogan versus King Kong Bundy. So, and I mean, some of the people on the undercard, like I maybe I'm an asshole. I don't know who the fuck uncle elmer is do we need to do a deep dive and oh my lord i just clicked and looked at a picture of him uncle elmer versus adrian adonis i mean this was a throwaway who gives a shit match i mean maybe at the time this was a thing but fucking test of time i don't think speaks too well on the fact that this was the on the la portion of the wrestlemania 2 card it's this is just weird the reason I bring it up is because I had mentioned to you they could possibly do this today and get away with it. That seems like some shit they would pull now. Like, I think they would love to sell double the tickets to any of these shows or triple. Well, I'm just saying that, like, you could even do... I mean, fuck, well, how long is WrestleMania now? It's like six, seven hours, right? Yeah. You could literally do, like, two, two-and-a-half-hour shows, and you could do, like, an international WrestleMania. Maybe they, maybe they start in England. Maybe they do New York, and then maybe they do L.A. I think the only thing that would be hurt, and that's a time difference. 
Well, but that's what I'm saying. But, like, if if not that, they could do something similar. Like, it's. I don't know if it was just. I mean, it seems like it was a pain in the ass, and it seems like it was a cluster. But it seems like it would be something to be a lot easier to do in 2019 as opposed to 1986. Oh, I'm I'm sure. Uh, it, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I would want to go to that unless I mean, if they split it up and like had SmackDown has its section of Mania, Raw has its Mania over here. You get two main events and you actually treat it as such. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. We, I personally we, wouldn't love that because I want to see all the wrestling if I'm going to it. But you want to see, see all the wrestling, it. but then you want to bitch about it being seven hours long. I'm not coming at you personally. You, no, saying- you're coming at me. <laughs> Derek, I don't know if you heard about this, but I was in a goddamn car wreck yesterday. And now <laughs> you're still here. milking it. <laughs> you said to milk it as long as I can. That's I did say that. I'm not going back on it. You're getting chopped, though. By lol. I don't like. Yeah, I don't really have anything else to add for this episode, man. If you want to get out of here so you can go recover and and lick your wounds and. Well, I still have to fucking edit this shit. I'm not. This is going to be another one that comes out right at the wire. But I do. Before Eh. we go, I want to wish a happy birthday to our buddy Luke from the band Hearts Like Lions. It was his birthday a couple days ago. Happy birthday, buddy. And also happy birthday, Luke. Luke uh, for their band Hearts Like Lions. You should go check them out. Uh, They were releasing a T-shirt with the New Japan logo and their band's name. Look pretty sweet. He's sending us a couple of those on his birthday. Are we the assholes now? I feel like it. Yeah, we are. Luke, I'm sorry. I was in a car wreck. Are we going to go ahead and just uh, set up the fact that we're going to watch uh, WrestleMania 3 for next week's episode? It auto-started for me after I finished Mania 2. And the second I saw that stadium, I was like, okay, this was the first WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> this was the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> This is where it really got big. Wait, so is no, no, is three Return of the Jedi? I'm not talking about it like that. I'm just saying that there was a huge leap in in the universe expansion between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. Look, we're talking about Star Wars at the end of a pro wrestling podcast. Can you at least say that it, you're like, man, this is the house party two of wrestling. This is the pajama <laughs> jam. This is where shit got real. WrestleMania three. Yeah, we'll 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 review that and we'll talk about that next week. Oh, before we go. Derek, oh, did you more? see that there's a big match happening about an hour and a half, two hours from you? It's happening in South Bend, Indiana. And I want to see this shit. Like, this is enough for me to almost, I might, I, well, I don't have a fucking car, so I'm not driving, but I would <laughs> if I had one. Uh, no, did you see for Jordan Grace's birthday? She's requested to work with the King Nick Gage. She is fighting Nick fucking Gage on her birthday. I did see this. I did see this, Garrett. They're going to ruin each other. They are. I. This is going to be very cringy. And if there's a way for me to, if they were live streaming that, I would buy that shit immediately. <laughs> also, last week on uh, for WrestleMania 1, something I had written down that I never got to talk about is how often they use the phrase... He got Pearl Harbored. <laughs> what? They said that multiple times. Anytime somebody was attacked from behind, he goes, and he's Pearl Harbored from behind. Or Andy's Pearl Harbored or some shit. And I was like, this really dates this. That is a phrase that just kind of gradually left. Yeah. Yeah. You don't hear Corey Graves saying that shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my God, Coley, Pearl harbored him. Uh, fuck it. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, check us out on the social media. We're at Wrestle Hangout on Twitter. We're at Predetermined Podcast on Instagram. We're at Wrestle Hangout on Facebook. I'm at Gartet on social media. Derek is at Halloween Halpin. Leave us those five star reviews. Rate, review, subscribe. Leave that review. We'll talk about anything you want. Thank you so much for listening. Derek, you got anything else to say? Yeah, hit our goddamn music. <laughs>